I'm the Failing Youth Pastor, and welcome to Monday Motivation. Well, welcome to episode number two of Monday Motivation. I am your host, Travis Berry, a.k.a. The Failing Youth Pastor. I wanted to do a regular Failing Youth Pastor podcast episode this week. Unfortunately, wasn't able to get around to it, so I'm hoping that I will be able to get around to it this week. We're going to be talking about Uh, ministry to parents in youth ministry, what that looks like, and hopefully be able to give you some helpful uh, tips and and stuff like that, kind of my thoughts on parent ministry from the youth ministry aspect. Um, But that's not what this podcast is all about. This podcast is about starting your Monday off right and uh, getting into the Word and hopefully encouraging you, hopefully building you up, and hopefully readying you for probably a busy week. So let's just jump right in to what we are here for. Our passage today comes from 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and it reads like this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So right off the bat, you probably hear similarities between 1 John chapter 1 and John the gospel chapter 1. There's a lot of crossover here. Uh, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. And John refers to Jesus as the word of life. So in in the Gospel of John, he starts off his Gospel talking about the Word, how the Word became flesh. Here we see him uh, take life and add that on, Word of life. And of course, Jesus is referred to as life. He's referred to as the gate. He's referred to as the the way, truth, and the life. And, and so here, John is taking word and life and he's kind of mashing them together. And so there's a lot of similarities between this and the gospel of John. But what I want to point out in this first verse uh, in particular is the fact that we ought to have confidence and we have amazing reasons to have confidence in our faith in Jesus Christ, in our trust in him. And one of the things that I come back to over and over and over again when I'm talking with atheists or when I'm talking to other people who are maybe skeptical of the Christian faith, I come back to the testimony 
of the eyewitnesses of Jesus. The guys who are writing a lot of these epistles who are writing in the New Testament are people who actually witnessed Jesus. They witnessed the miracles. They witnessed the teaching. They witnessed Jesus's ministry and they witnessed his death, burial, and resurrection. So for me, I take these men's, uh, these men, these men's, men's testimony. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I take the, the, these guys is, you know, English. It's hard. What can I say? I take these men's testimony very seriously. And, and here's why. What John is saying here in the first verse, and let's go ahead and read it. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. What John is saying here is, look, we saw Jesus. We spoke with Jesus. We saw him heal lepers. We saw him raise Lazarus from the dead. We saw him do amazing works and and teach the word of God faithfully, but we also saw him after he was risen from the grave. We saw him after he had died. And I, I'm reminded back to Doubting Thomas, which you've heard that story a number of times. I, I, I'm almost assured of it. If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably heard that story. And I, I'm, I'm reminded of that when John says here, we have looked at and our hands have touched. Doubting Thomas uh, gets the news, no, Jesus rose from the dead. And all of his his brothers, right, these, these people that he knows are telling him, look, dude, Jesus rose from the dead. We talked to him. We saw him. We touched him. We, he, he rose from the dead. And he's like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Unless I see the, the holes in his hands, unless I'm able to, to touch him, I'm not going to believe it. And Jesus comes to Thomas. He's like, here, touch. Now believe. And blessed are those who have not seen and believed. What we have as evidence is the fact that these men are testifying to this truth. And what I love about the early eyewitness testimony that we have as Christians is the fact that these men had no reason to lie. In fact, they had all the reason in the world to not tell the truth about what they saw. When you think about what happened to the disciples of Jesus, to the apostles, the deaths that they had, John being cast to to the island of, of Patmos, all of the suffering that came because they followed Jesus, they had all the reason in the world to say, oh yeah, he didn't rise from the dead. They had no upside in saying, in making up a story that Jesus actually did rise from the dead and he came and he showed up and he ate with them. There's no upside to that story for them personally. There There just isn't. And so these men saw Jesus, ate with Jesus, touched Jesus after he had risen from the grave. Friends, you have all the evidence in the world to have confidence in Jesus Christ. You should be confident in the word of life because he is life giving because he rose from that grave, you and I get to have life and we can trust in that because faithful men have testified to it and they gave up everything to follow 
Jesus Christ and to tell us the truth. Verse 2 and 3 read like this. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. Of course, obviously hearkening back to Jesus, John is kind of reiterating here. We've seen Jesus, we we talked with him, we walked with him, and now we're testifying to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. See, for John, Jesus isn't just life. He is eternal life. Eternal life is found in Jesus and in Jesus alone. And that eternal life appeared to them. And then verse three, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. So there's a lot here in verses two and three that I could dissect and and take a a whole lot of time talking about. But what I want to focus in on and zero in on is fellowship. John says, we proclaim to you and have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. When we have fellowship with the Father, and that's a beautiful word, that's that's more than just a relationship, right? That That's more than just mere communication. There's something deeper going on with the word fellowship. That word signifies communion. There's a deep abiding connection between those who have fellowship and especially those who have fellowship in Christ Jesus. Our fellowship with the Father, our fellowship with Jesus causes us, pushes us, propels us to having fellowship, having communion with other people, having communion with fellow believers. And that also pushes us to testify to what God has done for us, just like John is testifying to what he saw and what he heard. So our fellowship, our communion with the Father, the fact that we have been forgiven for our sins, the fact that we have been brought into fellowship with God, propels us to sharing, to testifying to the truth of Jesus Christ to the people around us. We want to have fellowship with the people around us because we have fellowship with the Father because we can point them to a better way. We can point them to salvation. We can point them to hope, to peace, and to joy. John in verse 4 says this, We write this to make our joy complete. He's writing this letter to make his joy complete complete. There is joy in sharing the gospel message with the people around us. And sometimes I'm going to be honest, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like a challenge. It feels like um, I have to push myself to, to do it, to even have spiritual conversations sometimes. It's much easier to talk about the weather or your favorite sports team. It's easier to talk about that stuff, that surface level stuff. But we share Jesus out of joy, out of an amazing joy that we have because of God's amazing grace for what he's done for us. We don't do it out of a sense of paying him back. 
We don't do it out of a sense of, ju- of sheer duty. We do it because we have joy. And if you have joy, you, you have everything. You have what the world needs. The world doesn't need simple happiness. They need joy that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Live in that joy. Walk in that joy. Talk with that joy. Act in that joy. Joy is amazing. And you know what? It's also contagious. When you have joy, other people will take notice. Matthew Henry is probably one of my favorite commentators on the scriptures. And one of the reasons why he's one of my favorites is because you can get his whole commentary on the Bible absolutely free. If you go to Bible Gateway, if you go to any of these online apps, they're going to have Matthew Henry's commentary. And the dude is absolutely solid. I love some of the stuff that he he writes. And on this passage, he wrote this, the gospel dispensation is not properly a dispensation of fear, sorrow, and dread, but of peace and joy. And then a little bit later, he says this, the mystery of the Christian religion is directly calculated for the joy of mortals. It should be joy to us that the eternal son should come to seek and save us, that he has made a full atonement for our sins, that he has conquered sin and death and hell, that he lives as our intercessor and advocate with the Father. Christian, have joy. Take joy. In the hard times, take joy. In the great times, take joy. No matter what comes your way, no matter what hardship you face, no matter what trials you face, no matter what suffering you're going through, take joy joy. You have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have an intercessor before the Father. You have an advocate who has bled and died for your sin. Take joy. The mystery of the Christian religion is directly calculated for the joy of mortals. The gospel was directly calculated for the joy of you and me. We ought to live in joy. This Monday, as you move into the week, have confidence in Jesus, have confidence in your faith, in your trust in him, have fellowship with God and fellowship with believers and and those uh, around you. Share Jesus through the joy that you have, through the fact that you have been saved. That ought to create joy. And when you have joy, people will notice. Let me pray for you as you enter this week. Father, I pray a blessing over all of those who may hear this. I pray that as they start off their week, that they will not live in fear, that they will not live in a state of hopelessness, but rather in a state of hope and in a state of joy. May they shine the joy that you have for your children to the world. May they have confidence in your son, Jesus. May they fellowship well with you and with their congregation, with their church, with with the people around them. And may they have joy that is contagious. Walk with them, bless them, be with them. In the name of Jesus, amen.